0: Good morning to all of you who are fascinated with water. I am too. This is Tommy Ray. This is episode 10 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today, we're going to hike over the Continental Divide and take a swim in the Colorado. It is cold and swift as it starts down the mountains, but it has a long way to go, 1,450 miles to the Sea of Cortez, By the time it gets there, it is worn out, slowed down, and warmed considerably. As we hike up the trail to the nearest pass and begin to cross the pass, there is a magic point at which Snowmelt suddenly no longer heads east, but heads west. Gee, with one step, we just crossed the Continental Divide. Now, all waters on our hike down the other side of the pass will be headed to the Pacific Ocean via the Sea of Cortez. Colorado sits astride the Continental Divide where four great rivers begin. The Platte, the Arkansas, the Rio Grande, and the Colorado. Battles over rights to water in all these rivers began almost as soon as diversions began in the downstream states. But the Colorado became especially contentious, beginning about 1900. By then, the principle of first in time, first in right was well established. There are seven states that are impacted by the Colorado River. Four are known as the upper basin states and three as the lower basin states. Basin, of course, refers to the 246,000 square mile Colorado River Basin, shown in Figure 8 on our companion website, nowater.com. The upper basin states are Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico. All of these drain water into the Colorado River. The three lower basin states are California, Nevada, and Arizona. These three states take much more water out of the Colorado than drain into it. With general acceptance of the doctrine of prior appropriation throughout the West, the upper basin states, Colorado in particular, began to fear that the use of Colorado river water by the lower basin states, mainly California, could eventually lead to the lower basin states claiming most of the rights to the Colorado river. Colorado mainly feared all the development that was occurring in California, both ag and municipal development. Colorado fully understood the doctrine of prior appropriation and concluded that California could legally claim water that Colorado was not using at that time. Colorado knew it would need water for the western half of Colorado to grow and prosper. California's claims could potentially leave little water in the Colorado for future growth in the upper basin states. Under the doctrine of prior appropriation, California could make a strong case for getting more water. This fear began 140 years ago. So, in the early 1900s, legal battles began over who gets how much water from the Colorado River. Suddenly, lawsuits galore were filed in the U.S. Supreme Court. By the 1920s, there was a concerted effort to make peace between the seven states. As I've said before, history plays a huge role in water rights. Just a little history here. You wouldn't think that early U.S. history, like the first 13 colonies, could have any impact on Colorado water. Well, just a smidge. There were often boundary disputes between the colonies, later the states. So the federal government put a clause in the Constitution that provided for appeal to Congress in all disputes between two or more states over boundaries or over any cause whatever. That clause required the approval of Congress for any negotiated treaty or, quote, compact between the states. This is known as the compact clause of the U.S. Constitution. It became the way states could conclude treaty-like agreements with each other. A compact then is an agreement between two or more states approved by their state legislatures and Congress under the authority of the compact clause. Compacts constitute both state and federal law. They are like treaties between states with the approval and consent of the federal government. A water compact is a contract between two or more states setting the terms for sharing the waters of an interstate stream. So, under a compact agreement, the seven basin states negotiated to share the most vital of all resources, water from the Colorado River. As an aside, since Colorado sits at the top of several rivers, it has rights and obligations that have been negotiated and approved by the court system. Nine interstate river compacts exist. Two Supreme Court equitable apportionment decrees and two other agreements govern how much water Colorado is entitled to use and consume within its boundaries. Back to the Colorado River. To stop the flood of lawsuits being filed over rights to water in the Colorado, the seven basin states began a series of negotiations. It was agreed that the Colorado River ran at an average flow of about 15 million acre-feet per year. The upper basin states agreed to split this flow with the lower basin states. The seven states agreed, and Congress approved the Colorado River Compact in 1922. The dividing point was Lee's Ferry on the Colorado River. That's where the water would be measured. Lee's Ferry was a ferry operation on the Colorado River nine miles after the river leaves Utah and crosses into north-central Arizona. A little geography. Lee's Ferry is the only place for hundreds of miles around that can easily be accessed from both sides of the Colorado River. It was an important river crossing point, and it was the site of a ferry operation owned and operated by John Doyle Lee for about 50 years before the Navajo Bridge was built over the river in 1929. This much improved automobile traffic in the area. It made good sense to measure the water flow at this easily accessible point. Since the Colorado River Compact was approved by Congress in 1922, Lee's Ferry became, and still is, the main measurement point to decide whether the upper basin states are meeting their compact requirements. So what does the Colorado River Compact require? The intent was that the upper and lower basin states equally split the river flow, which at the time was thought to be 15 million acre feet annually. As would happen, the flow in the river does not really average 15 million acre feet. The average flow is closer to 14 million acre feet but the negotiators went with the information they had at hand. I have also read that the Bureau of Reclamation had data at that time that indicated annual Colorado River flow at Lee's Ferry to be 16.4 million acre feet. Really, it is a lot less than that. The Water Resources Research Center in Tucson reports that data from three centuries indicate an average flow of about 13.5 million acre feet. Also flows are highly erratic, ranging from 4.4 to over 22 million acre feet. It was agreed that the lower basin states would get 7.5 million acre feet. Once the compact was approved by the states and the federal government, It eliminated the risk of repeated Supreme Court lawsuits and decisions to determine each state's fair share of the water. It created certainty for all parties concerned. It established how the water of the Colorado is to be shared between the different states. One other thing the compact changed. The Colorado River in Colorado was called the Grand River up to its confluence with the Green River in Utah. Everyone agreed that the Colorado would then be called the Colorado all the way from its start in the mountains to the Sea of Cortez. This would avoid confusion as to which river was being administered under the compact. So how does it really work given that the flows in the Colorado vary significantly from year to year? here's the way the states are supposed to get their share of water. Among the upper basin states, Colorado is supposed to get the most, 3.86 million acre-feet per year. Utah follows at 1.71, then Wyoming at 1.04, and finally New Mexico at 0.84 million acre-feet a year. Yep, I added these all up, and they totaled to 7.5 million acre-feet per year. But since the flows change year to year, records are kept, and the upper basin states are supposed to let 75 million acre-feet go past Lee's Ferry over a 10-year period. It is a rolling average. If it falls below this rolling average, the upper basin states are required to cut back on their individual state's use of water. This is a concern of Colorado, and they religiously watch the flows of water in the river and continue to make plans to cut back if needed. And with global warming predicting more drought years than wet years, this is a very real possibility. All the states are making contingency plans to meet the requirements of the compact, who enforces this? If a state believes another state is not living up to its agreement under the compact, it can file suit in the Supreme Court for enforcement of the compact rules. A non complying state may have to provide water as repayment or monetary compensation. No state wants to begin shutting headgates of its water users when they see plenty of water in the river as it goes by and no state wants to pay for past water abuses. The four upper basin states established the Upper Colorado River Commission that has administrative authority. There are five commissioners, one from each of the four upper states and one from the federal government. I believe their main job is to head off lawsuits against the compact. The upper commission assists with stream gauging, forecasting, assisting the states with state's rules to carry through the commission's findings and overall management of the river. What about the lower basin states? For completeness, their division of Colorado River water is supposed to be the following. California gets 4.4 million acre feet per year. Arizona gets 2.8 million acre feet per year and Nevada only 300,000 acre-feet per year. Yep, that's 7.5. For a long time, Arizona could not physically take its share, and California benefited. California gets its share of the Colorado River from a 242-mile water conveyance in Southern California. It is called, of course, the Colorado River Aqueduct. It is operated by the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, MWD. It sucks water out of Lake Havasu on the California-Arizona border, goes west across the Mojave and Colorado deserts to the east side of the Santa Ana Mountains into L.A. Along the way, about 75% of that water goes to irrigate the Imperial Valley. Most of the winter vegetables for U.S. consumption is grown here. Just as with Colorado, there is pressure between ag and municipal interest as to who should have access to the water. The battles in Colorado over ag water will soon be dwarfed by ag municipal battles in California. With completion of the Central Arizona Project in 1993, California has been getting less water. The Central Arizona Project is a 336-mile-long system of pipes and concrete-lined ditches that deliver water from the Colorado River to central and southern Arizona. The project lifts the water more than 2,900 feet in elevation over its 336 miles. Man. That's a lot of energy to get water. The project serves 80% of the state's population and is its single largest renewable water supply. Las Vegas has grown like crazy and needs more water. Recently, they lowered the intake level of their supply out of Lake Mead because the water levels in the lake have dropped dramatically. I'm not sure how this works, but the federal government has a big impact on flows of water through the Colorado River. As you probably know, there are two major dams on the river, Glen Canyon Dam in Arizona, which created Lake Powell, and Hoover Dam, which created Lake Mead. Hoover Dam is on the Arizona-Nevada border and is closer to Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Glen Canyon Dam sits a short distance upstream of Lee's Ferry and thus can control the amount of water that flows past the measuring point. The federal government works with the states to try to maintain the 75 million acre-feet 10-year running average at Lee's Ferry. Man, this is tough. But it's getting tougher every day. There are environmental problems with dams that weren't foreseen when the compact was agreed to. This affects management of the river and river flows. Many of you may not know, but the Bureau of Reclamation is, was, a huge agency whose mission was to capture the waters throughout the West and, quote, make the desert bloom. That mission has changed over time, but the Bureau of Rec is still intimately involved with dam operations across the western states. This agency built many dams throughout the west. I highly recommend that you read Cadillac Desert by Mark Reisner. What a great name. It is a book about the Bureau's far-reaching powers during the 1930s and 1940s. Read it. Of course, the dams built along the Colorado now impact the compact, particularly Glen Canyon Dam, Lake Powell. It is used to control flow of water at Lees Ferry to keep the compact conditions intact as best as possible. Now, there is a group called Glen Canyon Institute that wants to essentially drain Lake Powell to keep Lake Mead full they seem to have good arguments. They say, quote, growing demand, relentless shortage, and climate change are creating an average water deficit of almost one million acre feet a year in the Colorado River system. Both Lake Powell and Lake Mead Reservoirs are half empty, and scientists predict that they will probably never fill again, end quote. They further argue that since Glen Canyon Dam was completed in 1963, the goal of water managers has been to capture excess water and keep both Lake Powell and Lake Mead full. Now, with two half-empty reservoirs, this policy no longer makes sense. They want to fill Mead first. They are advocating a new approach that consolidates most of the water from both reservoirs in Lake Mead, with Lake Powell used as a backup in flood years. And most of the water used by the lower basin states comes out of the Lake Mead area. They are suggesting to restore the natural flows of water in Glen Canyon and the Grand Canyon. Wow, this is big thinking. Maybe not such a bad idea. The point of this is that the compact is probably not set in stone. It will be a political football. And since California has the largest population and the most representation in the U.S. Congress, if things change, they will probably change in California's favor. Just an observation from a bystander. And I haven't told you that there's an eighth party that is entitled to water, Mexico. In 1944, the U.S. agreed to deliver 1.5 million acre-feet annually to Mexico. The treaty is overseen by the International Boundary and Water Commission. The final dam on the Colorado River is the Morelos Dam. It is built across the river half located in the U.S. and half in Mexico. It is located 1.1 miles downstream from where the California, Baja California land boundary intersects the river. It is between the town of Los Algondones in northwestern Mexico and Yuma County, Arizona. This dam is primarily used to irrigate Mexicali Valley farmland and supply the cities of Mexicali, Tecate, and Tijuana. And then, if any water is left, usually not, it finally will see the Sea of Cortez. The Colorado River is critically important to the southwest part of our country. It irrigates millions of acres and provides drinking water to millions of our citizens. But growth continues where will additional water come from? Boy, I wish I knew. I'm sure there are thousands of ideas out there. Some will eventually bubble to the surface, and environmental impacts will continue to exist. My purpose in this episode was just to touch on the major issues. I hope it has given a skeleton of information that you can continue to build on if interested. Googling the Colorado River Compact will inundate you with information. Pick the one you want to explore further. In the meantime, I got my shoes a lot muddier than I thought I would. There is just too much to know. I've shared the little I know, so I'll stop for now and next time return to the headwaters of the Colorado to learn more about the water wars over the Colorado within our state. I hope this has given you some information to fill in gaps in your knowledge on the Colorado River. I've had all the fun I can with this huge body of information. So we'll stop here. As always, if you want to provide feedback, contact me at tommy at k-n-o-w-water.com. I'm looking forward to getting out of the desert and back to that Colorado mountain stream I like so well. See you next time.